Joe Missoula shows his assistant coaches some love, even though he's in a weird situation with them. And I open up the mailbag questions about Robert Williams recovery. Jay Crowder, do they want to get him back? And more right now on the Friday Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day, Monday through Friday with a free, fresh podcast. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch the show on YouTube. I want to thank you so much for making this show your first listen every day and part of your daily routine. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player, credentialed beat writer, covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I am heading into year 16 covering the Celtics, and I've also written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. In today's show, I am talking about Joe Mazzula in the first segment here, where he talks a little bit about his assistant coaches. This was a thing that I've been talking about a bunch on this on this podcast. And uh, he addressed some of it at practice on Thursday. In the second and third segment, I'm opening up the mailbag. It's been a, a few weeks since I've gotten to a mailbag. And I figure this is a good time. People have some questions. And uh, it, it all relevant to basically training camp post Ime Udoka scandal stuff. So that's going to be in segment two and in segment three. But Joe Mazzula at practice on Thursday. Uh, joking around a little bit, you know, it uh, was a little bit, I, th- I think he's loosening up a little bit. He, he made some jokes about, uh, JD Davidson was, was at, he was asked if JD Davidson still acts like a 19 year old and he's and uh, Missoula says, well, I still act like a 19 year old a lot of the time. So, and, and just little, little jokes like that, little kind of comments. Uh, I think he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable easing into things, getting a little, just and I talked about this with Tom Westerholm yesterday, the, the ease, the understanding, the disarming nature of some of his jokes, uh, the, the just, I think he just gets what his situation is. And I think he's doing the best to, to execute this. He is in just a, a, a more complicated spot than you even realize because he, he admitted that the training camp schedule was set before he even took the job. And so you've got a guy that is thrust into this head coaching role. He doesn't get a chance to hire any of his own assistants. The preseason schedule, the the schedule of practices was all laid out ahead of time before he had a chance to do anything. And he's basically sticking to the whole thing like he he's just not he's not deviating from from much he's not out there trying to put his stamp on anything he's not trying to say 
I'm Joe Missoula. I'm the head coach. We do things my way. He's not doing any of that stuff. He's he's basically saying, don't rock the boat. And I've, I've made this, this kind of comparison on the podcast before and, and on Boston Sports Journal. When the pilot is incapacitated in the middle of a flight and someone goes screaming into the back of the, the cabin like a movie, is anyone here a pilot? And Joe Mazzula says, I'm a pilot. He, he doesn't run up to the, the cockpit and go, all right, this configuration is all wrong. This is not how I would fly the plane. You you just go this way and let me do this. No, you get into the seat, you grab the controls, and you say, all right, let me land this sucker. And that's kind of what he's trying to do. I compared it on, on Boston Sports Journal uh, to Lando Calrissian flying the Millennium Falcon, which is cool. Being head coach is cool, but all of a sudden you're flying the Falcon. You realize I don't have my own clothes. So he's got to fly next to Chewbacca wearing Han Solo's clothes. Weird. That was weird. I remember the, the end of Empire Strikes Back. Sorry, spoiler alert. Hope you haven't seen, you know, missed that. But at the end where he's in the Millennium Falcon, you're like, is that, is that Han Solo's vest that you're wearing, dude? Like, are you really? You're okay. All right. You didn't bring it. You didn't pack a bag. When you left the clouds, you didn't like just say, Hey, I might be, I might be running, you know, for a while. Like, let, let me just get a couple of my, my things. No, he's just like, I'll wear Han stuff. We're, we're about the same size, but that's basically what Joe Missoula is doing. He's thrust into this role and he's just kind of, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, you know, <laughs> This is this is Eme's this is Eme's hoodie. I, I gotta wear this one because I, I didn't get I didn't get to have my own head coach's hoodie. Or right, some like silly things like this. The the schedule being set and not just not even wanting to be so consistent and wanting to not mess with players to such a degree where he's like, yeah, I, whatever Eme set up, I'm just gonna just roll with it. And we'll figure everything out later. That's that's an extreme, but I think that's what this team needs. It needs somebody to be so extremely consistent that all of the other mess that's been surrounding them. Every, every time Matt Barnes opens his mouth, he makes things sound worse and worse and worse and worse. They need a guy that's just saying, "Relax, we're playing basketball. This is the drill that we're we're on the schedule. This is the drill that we're going to do." He can adjust as things go later on, but. I will say I, I've had questions about how this assistant coaching search was going to uh, or the, the assistant coaching situation was going to work out. And last night, as we were recording the Jay Laranega bit, it came out as we were recording that he had turned down the Celtics. So that's not happening. And that makes sense. As, as Tom and I kind of got around to by the end, you don't come to Boston if you're Jay Laranega to just be an assistant coach again. So he he's sticking in LA and he's, he's fine there. The, the Celtics will, will probably add another head coach. And that should be, that's one thing that should be all Joe Missoula. He needs one guy that he's comfortable with one guy that he trusts one guy that he can turn to and be like, just, just if he can turn to the guy 
alone in a coach's room and go, uh, I'm in over my head. <laughs> you know, even if he doesn't, if he doesn't feel that way, whatever he wants to say, he needs one person on this roster. I'm, I mean, on this coaching staff to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm your guy, whatever you want to tell, whatever you want to say, it's between me and you. He just needs one of those guys. But at the same time, I saw him sitting there. I saw him sitting there and I don't know if he was taking it all in, but he was just sitting on the side, kind of watching everything at the end of practice after he'd spoken to the media, quiet, just sitting there. And then he and Damon Stoudemire, who came over to Boston specifically because of Ime Udoka. And they were just sitting there talking and having a good old time. And so if, if somebody like Damon Stoudemire has any sort of animosity about anything, he's not showing it. He's hiding it well. And I think all year long last year, there's a reason why Ime kept Joe Mazzula. He's There's a reason why he was still part of the coaching staff. And to have that camaraderie from the year working together on their scouts, working together on whatever other stuff, and, and, and who knows, commiserating about whatever was going wrong or right. They have developed relationships. So I don't want it to, to seem like the, the questions that I've had were uh, coming from a place where I, I didn't understand that those relationships were happening. But at the same time, Ime has his guys in, and Joe Mazzula is now in charge and you never know. But the, the scene at practice was, you know, fun. The guys were having fun. Missoula says, you know, the, the quote from him about the staff says, great staff, their character is great, their leadership, their communication. I try to ask them more questions before making decisions. And the great thing is we built a, a great dynamic on our staff last year. And so we all know each other's strengths and weaknesses very well. We all know how to communicate with each other and they do a great job. So Missoula says he's asking for honesty and that's it. In, in, in this situation, it's all really on, not all, but a lot of it is on Joe to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen. I need to involve these guys. I need to make them feel like they're, uh, they're as big a part of this as anybody. This is a team effort. It's all about team effort to get this thing done for Boston this year. If they're, if they're going to win a championship, they need to get through September, October, November, December. This is the most important stretch of the season. These few months, getting past the Ime Yudoka stuff, getting past the Rob injury, getting past the Gallinari injury, those factors, the unfamiliarity with what's going on, getting past all of that stuff is happening now. September, October, November, December. Get past that and come out near the top. Maybe the Celtics have something going fail this test and you're looking at a middle seed four five you're in that four five game against a really tough opponent you really don't want to be in that situation in the east that four five game is going to be a four five series i should say that four five series is going to be a bloodbath absolute just man I, I can't even find the right words bloodbath 
I'm going to stick with bloodbath. Bloodbath. All right, let's get to the uh, mailbag questions because there are questions about the coach. There are questions about Rob and beyond that. So uh, I will get to that after I talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your football betting information this season. And we know how much people love to bet on football. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, everything there, all the analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, plus live betting, live in-game betting. You can do that up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. That includes the NBA. That includes Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf. They're all there at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. So head on over to betonline.net. You can use your mobile device to do so and learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Hey, thank you so much for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. I very much appreciate that. You can make your second listen Lockdown Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, the GOAT when it comes to fantasy basketball. You're you're about ready to, to, to have your draft, I'm sure. You're looking for advantages for how can you make sure you, you're getting the right sleepers, that you're avoiding mistakes. Lockdown Fantasy Basketball will get you set up. All you need to know, it's there at Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Find them where you found this podcast. You will not regret it. It's also on YouTube. Mailbag. People keep sending in the mailbag questions. Those regular listeners who know the mailbag know it's at johncorrales.com slash mailbag. johncorrales.com slash mailbag. I, over, over the course of the offseason, have been doing Mailbag Mondays. Now the season is back. So Mailbag Monday is not necessarily going to happen. There's a game on Sunday. So Monday's podcast is going to be all about that preseason game. So I'll sneak in mailbag questions where I can. This is a great opportunity to do so. The Celtics have had three practices. Not a whole lot new coming out of these, these practices. So that first segment was enough. Now let's get to the mailbags where people like Philip asks a two-parter on the coach. Number one, could it be that our team actually wants to fire Ime and replace him with a known head coach but have legal barriers to do so when Ime is merely suspended? So. I think they do want to fire Ime. It's my guess, not reporting this. My guess that they do want to fire Ime and that it is correct that they have legal barriers to doing so. That uh, a case like this legally to remove somebody, it's not as easy as saying, oh, you did this, you're fired, you're done. There's a process and I think the suspension and extended kind of negotiating. And that is all part of the process. And they'll find a way for Ime to leave either via termination or via uh, resignation. That's my guess, not reporting. That's my guess. I don't think it has anything to do with who they want to be the head coach. Uh, if this happened in July, they might have done a, a more thorough coaching search. The interim tag is there so they can get somebody in there. They trust Joe Mazzulla to do so. And depending on how this season goes, they may just say, hey, Joe's our coach. We love what he's done this year. We're going to make it official and make him the head coach of the Celtics. Or if it's kind of iffy or they don't like the way it went, 
then they can remove the interim tag and say, you know, hire a, a new coach, go through a real coaching search. And from there, who knows what happens? And yeah, it's just the normal coaching search. Uh, and this goes to the point too, if Joe isn't our long-term solution, do you think the Celtics would replace him mid season for the right coach? Mid season is tough. I don't think this team, I think honestly, that is the last absolute worst case scenario thing the Celtics are are looking at here. They have been hammering home consistency, consistency, consistency. To have Joe Missoula get fired preseason or midseason would mean the Celtics are doing so horribly. They are at that point a a a risk to fall into the play-in. It would have to be as bad as it was last year going into January. A carbon copy of last year's team, last year's season, uh, a a buzzer beater by RJ Barrett uh, would, I think, be where this thing kind of falls apart. Any kind of like thing like that, I don't think there's a, hey, let's see this turn around anymore but it has to be like that kind of that bad i don't think there i don't think it's going to be that bad this team is too good to be that bad again they know they know what they need to do so i don't think he's going to get fired midseason i don't think this team is going to be in that kind of disarray i actually like what i've seen from them i like what i've heard from them now we'll see on sunday what that means on the floor, but if they go out there on the floor and they feel motivated and they want to kind of show, Hey, I just want to let everybody know the Celtics walk out there and say, Hey, NBA, just so you know, we're not going away anytime soon. In fact, here's one half of basketball that will show you how dominant we can be. And if they go out there and just demolish the Charlotte Hornets, then you say, Oh, Oh, okay. The play these players are still good, and it it it's not all Ime Udoka's magic that got them turned around. Like they they know what works and they know what didn't. So I think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, we'll see. You, you know, it's possible that next next summer they can conduct a coaching search. Um, but if they get back to the finals, if they have another deep 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 run, and Joe Missoula has has done well. They might just say, we don't want to go through another summer of upheaval because now you're looking at Brad Stevens one year, Ime Udoka the other year, Joe Missoula the third year, Coach X the fourth year, and that that's too too much. The they want they want Joe Missoula to work out. Kyle asks. Does the new timeline for Rob's recovery, 8 to 12 weeks, impact the need to sign a serviceable backup big? It doesn't seem like a good idea to rely so heavily on Horford early in the season. Ideally, we would have another big to eat up some minutes and stay competitive for the first two to three months of the season. I I just don't know who that other serviceable backup big is. You At this point, you've got Luke Cornett, and people are... Not thrilled to have me say, 
Luke Cornett and they're saying, John, please don't, please don't try to justify Luke Cornett for me. Please don't sit there and try to talk me into Luke Cornett, but I'm sorry. This is, this is what the Celtics have. Remember consistency is the name of the game. Consistency is what the Celtics are looking for right now. Bringing in Hassan Whiteside, bringing in the market, uh, not the Marcus Cousins. Uh, well, yeah, maybe he's he's out there, right? Uh, Dwight Howard, bringing in any of those guys uh, would be mildly disruptive at the very least. And I think you don't want to put that on this team, having to all of a sudden, in the middle of all of this, go and bring in another guy and say, here's another backup big. Learn how to work with him. You got Luke Cornett out there. Luke's a big guy. He's a legit seven-footer. He moves fairly well. He can shoot fairly well. He can pass okay. He can work theoretically. You can I can see the I can see it happening on paper. I can say, okay, yeah. That that you got four really good players, four starters from a finals team, and a guy who has skills that can help support that. Is he great on his own? No. If you put him on the Knicks, would he be great? No. If you put him on the the Sacramento Kings, would he average 10 points a game? No. But on the Celtics, familiarity with guys that are as good as Tatum and Brown and Smart and Horford, he'll have the room, he'll have the space to operate. Why not? Why not see? I, I, I don't understand why there's this aversion to Luke Cornett when we've seen the shell of some of these other players go out there and not look that much better. So let's see how it works. If he sucks, fine. Then then you can say maybe maybe they need to pull the trigger. But give him the chance. Give him the chance to say, to, to prove himself and to prove that considering the circumstances, he has the opportunity uh, he he has the skills to take advantage of this opportunity. All right, up next, questions about Jay Crowder. And are the injuries not really a good thing, but is there a positive spin? They're all right. Coming up next. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. How about making Lockdown NBA your second listen every day? Rotating hosts all week long. I am one of those rotating hosts. I go on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. We have fun. It's a fun podcast, and each show is a little bit different, and it's a fun look at the big stories in the league. So check it out wherever you got Locked On Celtics. Even on YouTube, you'll find Locked On NBA. If you're watching on YouTube, you see I'm switching up my backgrounds from you know time to time here because I'm back at the practice facility, and I, I like taking these different pictures. Like today, this is a picture from today. I, I have the green screen in the background. I uh, it's a virtual background. As I, I I haven't built my studio yet. I'm in a new space. I'm going to have a studio that I'm building, but other projects have taken precedence. So this, uh, the green screen, I think I like it. I like the green screen, but uh, I'm taking these these pictures here to just mix it up, give it a little bit of a different, a uh, little bit of a different look. Uh, this right here is Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe. I'm pointing to it on YouTube. So sorry, sorry, listener. This is YouTube exclusive. 
Uh, I like how Adam has just been standing there very still for the entire podcast. It's incredible. Let's get back to the mailbag. Josh C says, Brad loves getting the gang back together. Can you see a scenario where Jay Crowder ends up on the Celtics roster by the end of the season? Not sure how it would happen, but he'd have to, he'd have a clear role behind the Jays as a wing off the bench with enough flexibility to play the four and smaller lineups. Lots of interest in Jay Crowder. I would love to have Jay Crowder back. I love his, his, the, you know, the chip on his shoulder, his energy. I think it would really help this team. He fits in attitude wise, uh, defensively, he'd come out there and just bang and not be afraid to pick up a foul or two. And just, I, I think he would fit very, very well. However, however, there's a problem, two problems. One, he makes $10 million and that's just enough to really mess with the Celtics. They don't have a traded player exception big enough. You obviously, as I've said many times, you cannot combine them. So you can't, you can't say, oh, we've got a $7 million one and a $6 million one. Let's just combine them. And now you can bring in Jay Crowder. You can't do that. So now you have to start trading salary. Well, Danilo Gallinari doesn't make enough to, to match within the parameters. There's 125%. You can take back 125% of the outgoing salary. Not enough to just match directly with Jay Crowder. So now you have to add somebody else. But who are you adding? Now, if, if Luke Cornett is not good enough, you can say, well, just add Luke Cornett. But, but look at it from the other side. Phoenix is trading Jay Crowder away. Why? He's upset. He wants a starting role. And they want to keep him off the bench. And if you're trading him, you're going to want somebody back that can play. If you're Phoenix, you don't want the shell of whatever's left of Luke Cornett in this hypothetical because they would be trading him because he's terrible. They don't want two years worth of Danilo Gallinari. So that wouldn't work. You'd have to attach somebody meaningful. Is Peyton Pritchard meaningful enough? You're going to give up Peyton Pritchard to get Jay Crowder? Okay, you can say, yeah, sure, because he's not getting any rotation or any time in the rotation behind these other guards. So why not use him to get somebody that you will play? Okay, fine. I can, I can buy that argument. If for some reason Derek White becomes too redundant and it's not working with Derek White, you can say, hey, he makes enough and you can take Jay Crowder back and maybe some some bad salary or, or another another player to make things work. And you can say that's a way to do it. But they the Celtics also gave up a couple of picks here for Derek White. They're not just going to give him away. They're, that, that would have to really, really go south. And I, I'd be surprised if it went that far south. So I think you're getting to the, the picture here that it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy to trade for Jay Crowder. So I don't think it happens. And then again, why is Phoenix being forced into this situation? Jay Crowder doesn't want doesn't want to come off the bench. He doesn't want that role. Why would he want it in Boston? You know, that's I feel like 
if you if you give up something meaningful, there would have to be an assurance from Jay that he's not going to be disruptive. And meanwhile, Jay Crowder probably feels like, yeah, I got a lot to give a team, and I'm I'm starter level NBA player. So if that's if that's going to be the case, I just don't see I don't see it working. So it's going to be very difficult to get Crowder back. You're going to have to give up something of value, and that Phoenix is going to be looking for more than just matching salary. This is not just a dump. They're going to want somebody for him. And even if they they lack the leverage, they're, they're going to still want somebody for him. And the Celtics just don't have that role. So I'm I'm sour. I'm I don't think I just don't think there's a way to get Jay Crowder to Boston. And finally, Andrew C says, since Celtics fans are getting all this bad news, Gallo, Rob Williams, Ime, front-loaded. Is there any chance the Celtics are hitting their stride late in the season while other teams are dealing with injuries? Is there a chance? Of course there's a chance. And you can easily make that spin. Rob's coming back in, let's say, December. Eight to 12 weeks return to basketball activities. Uh, Even if it's a worst-case scenario, he's back before the All-Star break back at the all-star break, you can make the argument that he'll be back and healthy for the second half of the season. He will have missed all of the games he should be missing. They can ramp him up and then hopefully he's healthy down the stretch. The rest of the team, there, there, there will definitely have to be some luck involved, but there's certainly a chance that the Celtics are, are hitting their stride right at the right time that all of this bad stuff is happening and Rob will come back. Brad Stevens makes a move at the deadline to use one of the TPEs to add somebody. He moves Gallinari. Maybe the Celtics use salary to get back a, a role player and a TPE to get back another one. And they just go for it. Maybe that depth really gets solidified and the Celtics make a deep run later. And it, it, because they've hit their stride, they've really started to take off in February, March, April. I, I think it's possible. Look, bottom line is this is a good team. This is still a really good team. And any kind of like real progress for them is, is possible. Any kind of deep run for them is certainly possible. They have the horses to make this run. They have the players to make this run. They're still really good. They've just got to get past some answers. They got to uh, pass some questions in the early going. And that's it. I say that's it, like it's easy. They they still have to get through it. Um, but it's on it, it is on them. And it's it's certainly possible. It's possible that you're still listening and haven't subscribed and are thinking, you know what? I do, I do like this show. Then great. That would be awesome. I'd love to have you on board. You could be one of the many people who have subscribed and who have made the Lockdown Celtics podcast the number one Celtics podcast in the world, number one in all the rankings. And uh, you could also watch a show on YouTube where we have now 8,000 subscribers and hopefully getting to 10 in a hurry. If the Celtics come out strong and people start to really catch on, we'll get to 10 by Christmas, maybe before. Let's see. Let's see what we can do. Subscribe on YouTube, ring the bell, get notified when new shows drop, and 
make the comments, leave questions in the comments, uh, leave comments in the comments. That's what comments are for, right? Feed the algorithm. Feed the algorithm, my friends. And uh, share the podcast. That would be fantastic too. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell random people on the streets. Hey, you should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast. It's on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day.